Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about lambda encodings. We're here in Chapter 6 of the podcast, which hopefully will not turn into Volume 2 of the podcast, as I have more than I would have ever thought I have to say about lambda encodings. Um, So anyhow, we've talked about the church encoding, the Perigo encoding, and the Scott encoding. And today I'd like to talk about a different encoding called the Mendler encoding. And I'm a little bit iffy if exactly we can say that Mendler um, proposed exactly this particular encoding. But the trick that's used in the encoding is definitely due to Mendler. And it's a really powerful and super great trick that we here at Team Sedil in Iowa are using all the time. And the trick, the Mendler trick, it's a type theoretic trick. And the idea is that if you have some awkward types, you just abstract them out. I mean, when you phrase it that way, it sounds like, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously kind of an abstract description. But basically that if you're in a situation where the type you want to write down has kind of got some problematic parts that you kind of can't express in in the way you're trying to write it, uh, you just introduce new type variables and just just delete the parts that were causing you trouble and just slap type variables in there. Okay, so, and this particularly is a useful technique when you have recursive types. Because as we were speaking about with the Perigo and the Scott encodings, to maintain a normalizing type theory, which under the Curry-Howard isomorphism means to maintain a logically sound type theory, um, or at least if these things are not exactly synonymous, usually we're having to to have a sound logic. We need our type theory to be normalizing, at least for some part of it. Anyhow, uh, to maintain normalization, if you have recursive types, you need to restrict yourself to positive recursive types, as we've spoken about the past few times. Types where in the recursive definition of the type, you only use the, rec- the type being recursively defined, you only use that in positive positions, and that means to the left of an even number of arrows. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning as an aside, some theories like Koch and Agda actually require so-called strict positivity, which means it has to be to the left of zero arrows. It cannot be to the left of an arrow at all, even if it's to the left of an even number of arrows, that's not allowed. And the reason for this is subtle, and it's it's actually uh, in the particular combination of features that you see in Koch and Agda, there's an example due to the great Thierry Cocond, who is just an amazing source for these really tricky examples. There's an example that shows um, that positive data types generally will, you'll, you'll lose normalization, you'll go inconsistent. But that again has to do with the absolute particularities of those theories. And for example, the theory, Sadil's theory doesn't, uh, isn't susceptible to Cocon's example. So we allow positive and not only strictly positive data types. Anyhow, so we have to have, if you're dealing with recursive types, you, to be sound, you need to, logically sound, you need to limit yourself to positive recursive types. And sometimes the type you're trying to write down just doesn't fit that. Like the natural type you'd like to write is actually negative recursive or includes some negative recursive aspect that would just not fly. You would not be able to express that. And in though in situations like that, the Mendler technique is extremely useful. 
you just find those parts that are, as I said, that are causing you trouble. So like say you're trying to express a type and you find that, dang it, no matter how you scratch your head, you end up, you have some recursive type and you end up sticking the recursively defined type in a negative position, at least in part of your type. Maybe it's positive in one part and negative in another for some reason. Um, and I'll give you an example of that in just a little bit. Then you're just stuck, except the Mendler technique says, okay, okay, just take those nasty occurrences that are causing you trouble and just delete them and instead replace them with a fresh type variable and just quantify that out at the front of your type somewhere. Okay, so uh, I'll give you an example. And it's an example that has a good motivation from the world of lambda encodings. So uh, the example is, take the church encoding, let's say. And uh, the church encoding, as you know, as I've, we've talked about, it, you, you, you're expressing data as their own fold functions, their own fold write functions. And that means each piece of data wants you to give it some combining function or combining functions, depending on how many constructors it has or how this is all set up. And in sort of a categorical setup, everything just has one big constructor. And, but in, uh, um, you don't have to do it that way. You can have several constructors and then you need several combining functions. And the church encoding says, okay, I will give your combining functions the results of making recursive calls on all the immediate subdata. I'll give them all those results. And then your combining function can decide what it wants to do with those. Okay? So imagine you had binary trees. Okay? So with data at the nodes and just empty leaves. All right? So then your com the, if you church encoded that data type, you'd say, okay, a tree, a, a church encoded tree, binary tree, is expecting a combining function which will take the data at the node and then the, recursive, the results of recursively evaluating the left and right subtrees. And it will then, furthermore, it will take a value for to use for interpreting the leaf constructor. And then it'll give you the, the interpretation of the whole tree by applying your combining function everywhere that your tree had a node constructor and the, the base case for where you had a leaf constructor. So, but for a lot of functions, you say, but actually, I didn't really want to make recursive calls on all of my subdata. I maybe just want to do on one of them. Like, Say you're writing a function, I mean, this is a tiny bit artificial, but say you're writing a function that just wanted to get the left of the length of the leftmost spine of the tree, for whatever reason. You want to go left on the tree and just count how, many time, how far you can go left. You know? And going right might be a different distance. You know? So uh, you don't want to go recursively uh, evaluate all the, the both subtrees of the tree. You just want to do something with the left subtree. But the church encoding says, well, you know, I'm going to just recursively evaluate both trees, and then you decide if you don't want to use one of those recursive values, that's, that's totally fine. You just discard it. But, you know, this is not great because, sure, if you're in a lazy or call-by-name or call-by-need, as we have, uh, setting, if you're, if you're in a lazy operational semantics where it doesn't actually do work um, that isn't needed for the final result, then this is okay, Right, because you're basically your your combining function is being given, you know, under the hood, it's basically being given some kind of representations of the computations you would need to run if you actually need the left and right, you know, the recursive values for left and right subtrees. But it doesn't actually run them yet until you kind of make it run them. Like in Haskell, Haskell's a you know probably the 
maybe the best known example of a lazy functional language, or surely the best known example of a lazy functional language. And uh, in Haskell, you know, this kind of way of programming is fine. You can go off and make, make recursive calls like crazy. And if you don't use the values produced by those recursive calls, they won't actually get run or, or computed. Now, this is nice. And so if you're in a lazy setting, really there's no problem that with this sort of, uh, the fact that the church encoding is delivering you all the recursive results. But if you're in an eager setting, this is really not good, right? You don't actually, you know, if so, you're in a call by value setting, which is the sort of mainstream choice in most programming languages and even in most functional programming languages. So if you're in a call by value setting, uh, this is bad. I don't want to go and recursively compute, you know, if again, I'm getting this like length of the left leftmost path in my tree, I don't want to go um, get the length of the leftmost path in my right subtree. <laughs> I just want the length of the leftmost path in my left subtree. And so, you know, in a terminating language, it's fine if I, I mean, it's fine from a point of view of termination if I go off and do some pointless work, but it's not fine in the sense of performance. I mean, I may be changing the asymptotic complexities of my programs if I'm forced to evaluate all, you know, all the recurs possible recursions at every node, that can mess things up, right? If I have a tree that's like log depth, but, uh, you know, then just going down one path may be logarithmic time, but going down all paths could then be, you know, linear time, which I might not want. So, um, so anyway, so we really, and from a programming perspective, when I write code, I, I choose where I want to do recursion, right? I write, I write this call function call, that function call. I didn't want to make a recursive call there. I just don't write anything. Like that's quite sensible and perfectly natural. And recursion coding just doesn't do that, which is, you know, uh, I mean, in the cases where it, it works well, the recursion coding is great. But um, in these, some of these other cases, it's it's just not quite what we want. And the Mendler encoding is uh, uses this technique of abstracting awkward type occurrences to give you an encoding where you get to decide where to make the recursive calls. Um, now, unfortunately, I've set this all up for you, and I hope you're enjoying what I'm telling you about, but I'm at my destination, and this is to be another sort of 10 minutes, so that's going to have to wait for the next episode to explain how the Mendler encoding does this. But the basic idea is we want encoding where your combining function isn't just given the results of recursive calls, it's given a function to use to make recursive calls, and it's given the subdata in some form or other upon which to make those calls. So, so that then the combining function can choose what recursive values it wants, or what what you know, uh, recursive results it wants for which values, and not make recursive calls on all the values by default. Okay, thank you very much for listening, and I'll be back with more about that um, soon.